As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi everyone, we are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL, that's B-L-E-A-V in O-W-L, and Believe.com. This week we recap the meta shifts coming to the live servers, more Overwatch League off-season news, and the Winter Wonderland event. Hello, 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 everybody. Um, welcome to this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast, episode 15. We're almost there to hitting 20, so exciting. Hooray. Yay, halfway there. One five. Ichigo, which means strawberry in Japanese. I did not know that. Cool. Now you know. Now I know how to say strawberry in Japanese. So yeah, how's your week been? Uh, I've had a lot of family drama and other stuff going on this week, you know, and then, you know, on top of that, we have the pressure of the holiday seasons and a lot of my friends are doing their finals. So, uh, shout out to all those guys who are listening to, to us right now. Um, but just don't, don't procrastinate, get your stuff done, get, just get through the semester and then, and then we can sit down and uh, talk and, you know, have hot chocolate and be all cozy. Okay. So. Finish your work first, and then we can uh, we can hang out. How about you? How was your week? <laughs> I finally beat the Star Wars game, which was it was it was good. It's like very it was very Dark Soulsy, but also like mildly a milder form of the Dark Souls game. So it's like I can't beat Sekiro, no matter how hard I try. But I was able to beat Star Wars, so like yay! I liked the exploring. Um, eventually, I got used to the combat. There's there are flaws within the game, um, definitely. It, it's not a, I wouldn't say it's game of the year contender. I wouldn't say it's perfect, but it, it's fun. It's 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 enjoyable. Um, not if you feel like you're one of those people who might throw your controller at the TV because it can be very rage inducing. But yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fun. It doesn't have a new game plus mode, so you can't like once you beat it, you're done. There's like really nothing nothing else to do. There's no DLC. They're not planning on 
adding a new game plus mode. So um, that definitely takes the replayability factor of it. So if, if you buy games based on your ability to replay them, this would not be the game for you. I had a lot of fun playing Sekiro when I was going through it. Um, and also, I like the whole experience of... Well, I wouldn't say like. I would say I tolerate the experience of, Sol- of Souls games. Um, I do understand like the rage-inducing like factor of going through the game over and over again. Like the same enemy. And then you do it, and you're almost there. And then you miss by one hit. And then you can't do it for eight more times. And it just keeps adding to the death counter. Um, <laughs> it it's one of those one of those experiences. But like when you finish it, you feel like really good that you've done it. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping to pick it up this holiday season or have somebody get it for me for Christmas. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> anybody who is in my immediate family or friends list who wants to get me Star Wars. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, it's. It's one of those games that I am looking forward to trying out, um, but still, it it comes down to recommendations and if people really enjoy it. Also, like what I don't understand is like in the films, like the lightsaber is like the ultimate weapon. Like it can cut through metal and whatnot and just slash through stormtroopers wearing their future armor. But like you have these animals that are just like kind of grubby little things that can take multiple hits from a lightsaber so it's like i don't understand how how is this little worm thing stronger than future armor stormtrooper i don't get it they have evolved and become stronger (laughs) they they are one with the dark side no Uh, they've just evolved over time like if you think about it like humans in star wars are just still flesh sacks that could probably still get <laughs> destroyed by by lightsabers and then like everything else in the wild it's like nah i'm i'm a i'm evolved real quick i'm gonna get real real tough so i don't die to these things but that's why super we have like stormtroopers with super armor and all that stuff but yeah uh, there are way too then, many humans in the star wars universe like exactly there's so many if, humans if you, and there's like barely any other species you barely see any of them yeah, if we were living in that Star Wars time, oh, uh, you know, a long time ago, far, far away, uh, we would probably all be dead, and it would all be those animals running around with lightsabers. Oh man, I wish I had a lightsaber. I didn't even get—I never even had one of the, like the toy ones that like all my friends had. So I'd, like, I'd like go to sleepovers and and whatnot, and they'd all have lightsabers, and I'd be the one kid who didn't. I'd be like, I'm sad now. I can't play Jedi. So I'd be like, I'd either be sitting watching them or I'd just like pretend that I'm the dead stormtrooper who just couldn't do anything. Yeah, that, that or they purposely give you the the red lightsaber and just all gang up on you. <laughs> like, uh, I've had that happen, uh, not from experience, but you know. <laughs> How's Pokemon? Pokemon? Pokemon is an event. I beat the main story, which is pretty good. Nice. Um, but for the most part, I've just been trying to get through the battle tower not get through it because there's no end to it but like uh get a team ready so that if people want to play with me i'm not a complete scrub um but i'm also working on a joke team so uh what if you've seen the pokemon wulu you know wulu it's it's the one that was in the trailer it's the round sheep mm-hmm. um 
I'm making an entire team of just Wulu. <laughs> um, and they know like some of the quirkiest moves possible. So mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I could just sweep them with a fighting like Pokemon. It's like, uh, well, my Wulu knows bounce, which is a fly move. So good luck with that. <laughs> okay, so shall we get into the news now? Yep, I am ready for the news. This week, it seems like it's just going to be a lot of things that uh we we really champion on the show just falling apart and making us very very sad uh so kevin one of the things that you really passionate about is tier two and tier three overwatch the contender scene um bringing attention there and, and giving support to the members of our community who are trying to become professional gamers that way unfortunately the gladiators legion announced that they will no longer be participating in the contender scene and they have dropped all their players and all their staff, which is very unfortunate because now all these people who had their hopes in making their career that way are left high and dry. W- what do you think about this? I think that, if anything, this just shows that it's very bleak for the future of Overwatch and that the whole path to pro idea and concept was more of a idea rather than like a full-on like program. Because academy teams and things and like players shouldn't be able to just drop out like this. Um, but I sadly do see the reason why a lot of teams are dropping. It's because they're not either getting the recon- they're not getting the recognition or the financial like the financial stability that would have ca- came out of it, and they're not getting that at all. There's no way for us to really like hunt down all of the stuff for contenders and open division. And there's no way to really bring attention to it other than through you have to like externally outside of the client, go look for contenders. And if it was built in, I feel like this wouldn't really be a problem. Do you think that that part of that lack of support or the decision to cut the team had something to do with how a lot of the teams now are just picking up streamers instead of going through the lower tiers of Overwatch, which are supposed to be for bringing people into the main league. I feel like it really does discourage people from join, wanting to join the league or join contenders in open division, especially if they could just be like, you know what, I'm just going to sit at home and get stream for all my friends and family and my fans and then just get recognized because I'm just destroying everybody in pugs. But we always have that, that question if... You're such a good player, like, on your own. How do you function in a team? Like, you can have, like, a great player, um, but if they don't get along with other people on the team, you're not going to have a good team. So I feel like the whole experience of being in open division and being in contenders, you have that, like, you have that experience of being on a team and what it takes um, and listening to a coach and a manager and all that stuff. Um Compared to streamers where the only person who is the boss is you and you get to be yourself. Um, Maybe you'll have somebody who represents you, but that's about it. Um, There's nobody giving you like professional experiences or preparing you for the league in any way. So I feel like them cutting the whole contenders, well, not the entire contenders program, but the Gladiators Legion not finding, you know, financial stability out of it. It's probably one of the reasons why 
they're planning on pulling out of contenders but at the same time like streamers need the experience of being on a team and learning to work with others if anything i'm just really afraid of the future for overwatch because without the next up-and-coming teams like you have nobody to recruit into the league when eventually players will start rotating out and for me it's just so unfortunate that this happens so early in the league's existence like we're only going into year three in february um that that's this we're it's still pretty much an infant industry and doing this now really i feel like it's going to just it's for people who are kind of on the fence about whether esports is a viable thing to invest in whether it's it's a it's got the longevity something like this is really going to discourage them from doing that and to piggyback off what you said about communication, I'll talk about it later, but um, Molly Avala Kim, who was the coach for the Washington Justice, one of her the problems that she said the Justice had at the very beginning was that they were recruiting people who were streamers, but and they were good players on their own. They're some of the best that they were able to find. But communication was something that they didn't have, which is something that really bit them in the foot. And that's something that you can only get from actually doing it in person like you can't teach communication without actually doing it so there is something to be said about going through contenders that you can't get by just being a good player individually Mm, yeah i'm pretty sure that's about that's about it i mean the gladiators legion has their reasons for backing out but i do feel like teams and players do need the experience in order to move on into the league or at least have some time on a team and realizing how players work together um, and what their specific roles are like um, it's kind of the same way in my opinion how we experience competitive versus how we play in pugs in pickup games so if you're playing on the competitive ladder you're you're kind of playing like even if you play with another like a full stack team um your opponents are only going to be playing like as hard as they want to and it's just for it's more like they could be random they might not be as organized as you guys and it doesn't give you that competitive factor of knowing that they're trying their hardest like they have everything under control um meanwhile if you're in a pickup game with like a bunch of your friends or people who are really into the game and are willing to play to their essentially play their best you become better by playing against people who are playing their best and you know that they're going to be good because they are playing their best and you learn from people who are better than you 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 have all of that experience rolled in so in my opinion when you're playing in, on the competitive ladder people might not be trying as hard as they want to or you might not have the proper environment to grow meanwhile like if you can control the environment and have players who are willing to like push you and be like critical of your gameplay or even like destroy you and then tell you like oh you are you are out of position here and stuff like that you start to learn a lot more this is this is just a really roundabout way of me saying thanks to everybody who uh who helped me train over the years uh i used to be a gold player and now i'm a i'm a full-fledged diamond tank so really glad that we're making the climb and i'm still here in gold but slowly 
both climbing and slipping? It really depends on the, on the role too. Like if you're if you're not really like especially in the new two 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 whole setup, um, you're no longer able to carry on whatever role you're on. Um, so it's more about understanding what you need to do and what your job is when you're in a specific role. So, um, yeah, if you if you learn that and everybody else does their job, you 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 win the game, or that's how it should be. What do you think the the lasting and overarching effects of this is going to be for the league? If anything, it just means that the future players that want to get into the league might not be as sharp as the players who are coming in from contenders and other teams um, that have been created like streamers. Yes, they might be mechanically gifted. They might be good. Um, but I, I don't know how to explain it. The, the best way I think it actually came from one of the people on the desk uh, when I was casting this weekend, techie um, she said, you can teach a player mechanical skills, but you cannot teach them to change their personality. So like, even if somebody is completely like toxic, uh, you can't really change that. Um, that's something that's built into them. That's just their nature. Um, but you can easily teach a player how to become better by just beating it into them or like telling them how to improve. So that that's the thing that I'm really afraid of. Like we might have just like a whole board of just really toxic players on a team, uh, but they could be popping off, but they might not be as good as somebody who's got like a clear mind and is willing to push on through and become a better player. So our next topic is something that I've been pushing a lot on the show is more representation of women in overwatch and just more representation in general um we have people like gaguri who everyone made a big deal when she was signed as the first female player in the overwatch league but when do you ever see gaguri anymore except for the one match that she played in the invitational um sad face but anyway so the story that the, the reason why this is relevant is that this week um, one of the stories that I found is that Molly Avala Kim, who was the first female coach in the Overwatch League, who was on the Washington Justice, um, she was on the Minds of Media podcast. During that this podcast, she said that when she was doing her interviews and applying to be uh, a coach for the Overwatch League, um, one of the teams that she was interviewing for, they told her that even though they were, they were going through the process, they were getting ready to do contracts, but having talked it over with the team, the management said that the team didn't want to have a, a, a girl coach. The team didn't want a female coach. And so she wasn't given that job. Um, she eventually did get hired through the Washington Justice. But another thing that she mentioned during her uh, interview was that while she was talking with some of the other teams, and this isn't all of them, this is only some of the others that she was talking with, um, they asked her questions about like whether hiring her would affect them financially because she was a woman. Like, for example, like travel expenses are gonna, there going to be things that they have to pay more for because she's a girl. Like, I don't know what they could be thinking. I don't. Know, I, that's just very straight up. First off, that's that stuff's illegal. Like you're in America, you're not allowed to discriminate to not hire somebody as because of their gender. You're not allowed to hire not hire somebody because they're a woman. You're not allowed to ask people questions just 
based on them being a woman. So depending on whether or not the teams that she was interviewing for exist as American entities as opposed to international, like that stuff's illegal. That's a lawsuit. That's not allowed. And it's just very disappointing because it both reinforces the image of video games and esports as and just sports in general as a boys club when clearly it's not and clearly it's not how it should be and it also reinforces that idea that girls can't play games and can't play games well yeah i totally agree that this is a total no-no on the side of whichever overwatch league team like interviewed her if anything you want to hire the best personnel and there shouldn't be any like you should hire them based on the merit merit not necessarily like their gender um that it's kind of the same thing as every esports team in the collegiate scene we bring in the best players because they are the best players and they're the people who are most dedicated and want to put in the time to do it so for avala to be on this team it proves that she's dedicated proves that she wants she can handle her own in a, in the big leagues you shouldn't discriminate any person depending on their gender it should be more on their merit and once again the whole travel expenses being a thing like asking those questions like gender question gender related questions it it's just totally unnecessary and just remember like as a team you want to hire the best personnel you it doesn't matter we gotta kind of get rid of the stigma that overwatch league is a boys club but major kudos to the washington justice for actually hiring her to be a coach and i want to see her pop off too i mean you have to consider that washington justice have have stratus and stratus is one of the you know and Corey. Uh, Corey was a part of that Overwatch World Cup roster and one of the bigger players. And even Sinatra, you know, said he should have been the MVP. Like he's on this team. And especially if they pop off this year, if they start like even if they end up honestly in top four or not even like top top eight, maybe even top of their division. Right. Um, They would prove a lot of things like it's kind of the same way how the overwatch league was kind of against mixed rosters for a long time um and then the san francisco shock just came in and were like you know what we have a half korean roster half u.s roster but they're the best that we got and they work together quite fine so and now the entire league is like oh wait we have to hop on this train and now every team is willing to have a mixed roster or you know bring in a couple players just based on their merit and that is exactly what these positions should be Moving on to, to more league news, um, we had a, a couple of changes that I found on the interwebs that happened. Um, Bonnie moved from the Outlaws to the Washington Justice, speaking of them, as an individual coach. Pine has moved from being a New York Excelsior player to just being a streamer for them. And Jake retired from Professional Overwatch League from the Houston Outlaws. The, the Jake retirement kind of made me sad because like, even though he in recent games he hasn't been playing at his best like when he back when he was playing jake rat or back in season one he was on fire he could oh my god he, he just played so well and he was part of the reason why i started paying attention to houston outlaws because his plays were insane um 
According to him, the reason why he's stepping away is because he just can't. It, it, it's taken too much out of him to be in esports. Like he said, he's he sacrificed his health, relationships, a whole lot of things. Like he stopped streaming because he he wanted to focus mainly on the competitive side of Overwatch. Uh, you can read his um, his statement on Twitter. He he posted it. I think his I think to his personal Twitter and to the Outlaws Twitter. For him, he just said he, he wants to pursue different opportunities and knowing that the Overwatch League is going to be doing the homestands and they're going to be traveling, um, he couldn't in good conscience just stay on the roster and not play it as 100 knowing that his team would be suffering for it and that it's not something that he wants to do to travel for this. Um, so he's stepping away. So that's a sad loss for us. Um I think it's interesting to for the these other two moves to see how people in the league are kind of already moving around and changing roles. Like Pine, a lot of people love Pine, and a lot of people are sad to see him go, but I mean, if he's going to stop playing to be a streamer, might as well be a streamer for the team. Yeah, I I do think that Pine is still going to be supported by the NYXL and if anything he's still going to get a lot of favors from his previous teammates are probably going to tell him all a whole bunch of just good stuff, good vibes, just sending, sending it pines way. Um, I do like all of these changes. This is just my personal like take on it. Um, Bonnie moving to the Washington uh, justice as an individual coach is a great move showing that like, you know, he's been playing on this team, playing on the outlaws for, you know, since season one and he wants to, kind of take a step back maybe he's realizing like his mechanical skills aren't up to like the point that he wants it to be and he might not want to put in that amount of time into grinding and all that stuff but he could help players he's had that experience so he's willing to help out players on the washington justice and that's just honestly a great transition from for an experienced player just saying like he's gonna help the next generation become more mentally fit and prepared for these kind of situations. Um, for Pine himself, uh, going from the NYXL to a streamer, um, he did have that spurt during season one uh, where he he left for a while and kind of regrouped. Had it, he went back home. He was hanging out with his family. So I feel like this also has to come into that where he might have almost faced burnout. And he wants to just take a step back and become a streamer. And I totally support Pine. Pine is going to pop off wherever he decides to go. And you never know. He might want to come back, maybe go through XL2 Academy and then uh, come back into the league. But it really does come down to what Pine wants to do for himself. I'm glad that he's taking a position that makes him happy um, rather than having to only play in the overwatch league and grinding those hours and now for jake uh i personally like this move from jake he was th- this is just me coming this is my caster hat right now he was great at the overwatch world cup um him and lemon kiwi together they had a cast essentially it was it was great jake was able to break things down quite quickly and it's because he has that experience as an overwatch league player he knows how this how this game is played um and he's really good and articulate about what he wants to say so if anything i think if he retires they might pick him up as a 
analyst or even a even a, a color commentator but um i wouldn't be surprised if he retires takes a year off and then comes back into the league that way um that would probably be a really cool way of bringing jake back and being like that that's the best way to you know bring him in um but yeah i i really do think that all these moves are really great for the players um it shows that if anything if their overwatch league careers are ending they're definitely doing something further down the line to still help the overwatch community grow and continue to grow and expand yeah i feel like casting is where most people probably know jake from more now because like outlaws didn't do too well last season but jake was pretty decent at casting like and you you said as the caster like that's where he's been shining very recently um yeah i feel like that's just a perfect transition for for jake he's been on the desk he understands the game and if anything it could extend his overwatch league career even further um if he wants to stay on the desk, he can kind of be, in my opinion, like the replacement for Reinforce. Um, like Reinforce is done stats now. Like that's pretty much all he does. And they don't have, well, from what I heard, the average rank of the Overwatch League desk sits around like high plat, low diamond, right? So if you have Jake on the desk, you're, you, you know, you have a top 500 Overwatch like player on the desk willing to break down these crazy plays so that if uh brand or sideshow say anything out of line he could be like okay you know what that's 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 just not right like i have i got it like um but honestly i think that jake i i hope to see you on the desk uh i really do enjoy your cast and i hope that you can bring that to the overwatch league it would really revitalize the whole the whole desk if anything, Jake could be like the, the guinea pig for this because in, in other sports, you see people who were pros retire and then come back and ha- still have a career in the sport. So if he's able to, if he decides to, if he's able to come back and become a caster after being a player, then that just opens up a whole new world for the current players after they're done. Okay. I think we're ready to move on to yeah. the next. So, um, Next topic, the the patch, which I guess originally was supposed to come out last week, was delayed to this week. So on Tuesday this week, the which is going to be December 10th, um, we're going to get the, the new patch from the PTR, as well as it's going to be the beginning of the Winter Wonderland event for this year, um, which is going to go from December 10th to January 2nd. So far, they haven't told us anything about what the event's going to contain aside from the rhyme sigma skin and what rhyme means is frost formed on cold objects by the rapid freezing of water vapor in cloud or fog if you've seen the skin uh, a lot of people are comparing it to like a lich king sigma skin i think it looks really really cool i like all the little skulls that he has on him and like the spikes and whatnot yeah i really do think that the rhyme skin is really cool on sigma about the date Though I I honestly don't know it like January second is very close to like the New Year's time, and I understand that you wanted it to just potentially just go through Christmas, but sometimes you kind of want to extend it past New Year's as well. Um, but I do understand if they want to cut it off here, maybe 
maybe they have another lore event around the corner and they are just not telling us, which is cool. Uh, but if anything, it just means that you can't procrastinate till after New Year's to start doing this event. Uh, right. You can start. You can start literally. Well, by the time this comes out, it will be. Uh, it will be on. So get to it. Um, grind for those gold. Grind for the gold. Go get your skins. Get whatever. Um, we'll be breaking this down a lot more next week when the actual when we actually have the event and can look at it. Um, but for the most part, I'm really glad, honestly, that Overwatch and people who might know about said Overwatch event are keeping it under wraps. It's just a better surprise for all of us. Yeah, like honestly, had had they not leaked Overwatch 2 and had they just kept it under wraps like they're keeping this under wraps, I think that would have been so much cooler. Spoilers aren't fun, guys. Just uh, keep it to yourself. You could be like, hey, guys, there's something cool coming. I won't tell you what it is, but it is on the way um you know you just get people hyped for it and that's probably the best way to go about it along with this as uh, matt talked about earlier there is that new patch that's coming off the ptr it does change a lot about the way you play overwatch the end of Um, double shield yeah it's kind of a weird thing and i've been listening in on a couple of the new potential metas this is this is kanashi's tinfoil hat corner time uh we're, we're gonna get crazy about some of the overwatch league scrim rosters okay um this has been the roster that they've been playing they still play the orissa sigma unfortunately but that's not always orissa sigma i we've seen a lot of ryan zaria come back and we've also seen ryan winston okay so um, it's just because they both have the highest amount of shield potential. Moving on to the DPS and support line, uh, I'm, I'm about to blow your mind, okay? So the two most picked DPS are Hanzo and Mei, okay? The Hanzo for shield break and potential get through shield and choke, yes, it's kind of weird, and Mei, to cut off ev- anybody who comes off away from the shield, you could punish them or force them to drop shield early. It counts as another, like, pretty much big wall that works both ways so it's kind of a kind of another shield but yeah that's okay that's the dps line now this is even more insane the the support line that people have been running recently consists of baptiste and zenyatta <laughs> no um, yes <laughs> they they realize that since teams have to play behind the shield and they're a lot more fragile now, having Zenyatta for extra damage along with Baptiste to just shred through it, you have a lot more output damage, making the shields even worse than they were before. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of weird things coming into the coming into the meta as the pros have been playing it, or at least they've been practicing with. Um, but we just hope that that's not the the end of all of it it's it's kind of wonky but teams have been playing that specific style and the way how it works is it's still really slow it's like a like a crawling technique where you just use sigma shield for a little bit and then you throw down a rest of shield you move somewhere else but the moment you get close enough you throw you throw the discord orb you just collapse on whoever it is so it's just it's tough but it's doable so I hope that this comes to the league. We get to see more Jonak pop off. We get to see Violet on Zenyatta as well. Um, and 
a lot of other potential pickups. I feel like a lot of the players who have been rotated out or have been bench warmers essentially might have a chance to shine in this new patch. So I'll keep that in mind, guys. Sleepy is still a free agent. <laughs> also, there's the the while you wait feature coming in. So I'm excited for that. So I don't just have to run around the empty map <laughs> for forever. Yeah, and we've I also brought this up as a question. Do you think that if you went into a game, let's just say you loaded into a hero gauntlet game, right? And you got top four or whatever, do you still get the the points towards your loot box? Or does it not count because you could get pulled out at any time? I don't think it's going to count. I think it's just, it'd be cool if it did, but also that just be, I think a little too easy to get loot boxes being like, yeah, you can, you can get pulled out at any time too. So it's like, uh. it's like, how hard do I try in this? But yeah, yeah I, could, I could definitely see it not counting, but there were people who are like, but I, I won the game. I won the, I won the small one. It's like, no, dude, it's just, it's just going to be like a warm up kind of deal. Great. Now do it in the actual one. Yeah, now, now you have to pop off in the real game. So here's a weird story for you. So I don't know where exactly he said this, but according to the source that I had, John Lawfer, one of the technical directors for Overwatch, said at one of their pitch meetings for heroes, somebody pitched a pizza hero. Hmm. A, a, a pizza hero. Like, so, like, what? What, what is. Yeah, so is it just Baptiste? It's like does I would I would be down to have a Baptiste pizza delivery guy skin. Um but yeah, I, I'm confused about I, I'm just curious now. It's like what what abilities were they saying? Like what what would this guy even have? It's like Is the pizza a shield? Is is he just attacking people with slices of pizza? Does the pizza heal? Is the pizza too hot to eat so it's it's DPS? What? What if it's a tank that, like, your projectile is also your shield? And you start, like, the more damage you want to output, the less shield you have. Like, that, yeah. that would be an interesting concept. Um, also, people are very particular about their pizza. So, like, what kind of pizza hero is this going to be? Is it going to be from Chicago? Is it from New York? Is it going to be, yeah, like, a, deep a West Coast pizza? Or is it is it, like straight up neapolitan italian or is it is it greek pizza is it going to be like southwest pizza are we going to have pineapple on it because in in the cookbook there is pineapple pizza in the overwatch cookbook so that's a canon thing in the overwatch universe that they like it so um sucks to be all y'all pineapple haters it's a complex flavor for a complex palate deal with it yeah i i think that I'm just curious now if if there was a pizza hero thing, I, I would love to just see like even fake concept art. Just throw it at us. I just want to know. I'm curious about said pizza hero. Like, would it be from I, Ilios? I want to know, know how that idea was received at the pitch meeting. Like was did, was it just like a lazy like... pitch? <laughs> it's just like, uh, hello. Uh, hello, John. Did you come up with a new hero? And he's just like, oh, uh, <laughs> uh pizza <laughs> he was it lunchtime yeah probably it's just probably he was just scanning around the break room for an idea he's like i have i have a hero pitch meeting in like two minutes and he's just like okay i'll just uh put this together and 
I bet it would have been different if there were like something else in the break room. They had hot dogs that day. <laughs> Just pushing a hot dog a, cart uh, the entire time. He he's pushes a hot dog cart, but he uses like the links as like kind of like nunchucks, and that's like his melee <laughs> weapon. That would be amazing. I'd be down for for hot dog, hot dog ninja. Hot it's dog just nunchucks. Like, yeah, hot dog nunchucks. It's just like uh, it's Genji's cousin who went to the states a little too early. It just uh, it wasn't really a part of the family. I mean, that's a hero we've never seen before. Nunchucks. That's a mechanic we haven't seen. All right. So to the last news topic of the week, um, Henry Cavill, who many of us know as the DC universe superman um who's also playing the witcher in the upcoming netflix series um he he's a pc gamer um and according to an interview that he did for the witcher and somewhere in south america i'm not sure which country and i don't honestly feel like clicking the link to look it up right now but he said that he he used to play the game a lot when it first came out uh hasn't played it a lot since but this year picked it back up again and he said that his main, who he used to play all the time, like he doesn't really know how to play this character anymore. And like people would hate on him for for picking this character. Um, it, his his main is Symmetra, who is my most hated character. I just I can't I can't deal with the turrets and, and the beam. I don't like beams. But yeah, his his thing that he said is like everybody hates me because I pick Symmetra. I th- I just think that's funny. <laughs> Superman plays Symmetra. Yeah, they took away Tracer's laser eyes, so that's the reason why he had to go to a different beam character. Um, I'm really surprised. Like, honestly, would he play it if like Zarya got a skin with a cape on it? Ooh, you think you think that like Ooh. it'd be like or, Mother or, Russia? Or... <sighs> that or Sigma could get a cape. Hmm. I mean, he was already floating. Yeah, like it's just begging for a Superman. It's just begging for a but, superhero skin. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't blame him. Uh, everybody has their one hero that they really love, and honestly, Symmetra is really good in the current map rotation for uh, two CP. If you use, Which is why I hate her so much because she's so efficient. You just go to you just go to Hanamura. You TP on a point. You may wall it off. And then you just you just sit in the corner and hope that they don't collapse on you with massive speed. Um, I actually I I don't know if it's been broken yet. Um, I could I could go look it up at a later time, but I think we like my friend group still holds the record for the fastest uh, Hanamura cap. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna look it up and send it to you. Yeah, it's it's from my friend Kairos. You could sadly hear my voice in this. Um, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes just for you so we can <laughs> we can mention it. But yeah, this was before the whole... Um, I think it was... A, they had the quick spawn. This was before they had the change where after you cap A, you get the quick spawn. So this was... How long ago? This was March of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Shout out to my whole uh, Art U fam for pulling this off and I was a part of it. I was I was a Reinhardt. This is before roll roll Q too, so uh-huh, <laughs> you get some uh-huh. pretty wonky comps. Ooh, wonky comps. Fun. I'm excited to see this. 
what would you have expected his main to be? Uh, honestly, I thought like Zarya or like Reinhardt, maybe. I thought he would be more of a tank player. Um, but, you know, uh, like people won't always necessarily fit the way how they look yeah. with their character. I mean, like, for example, Zed, you would expect him to be Lucio, but he's just a crazy widow player. So you can't not give him that. Yeah, I, I would have thought a Ryan or something DPS-y would not have thought a Symmetra. But like even Soldier like, 76. Yeah. And like this is back when like Symmetra was still considered support that he used to like mainly used to play her. So he was very confused when when it's like, oh, all these changes happened to Symmetra. I have no idea how to play her now. Yeah, I'm still looking at the Okay. Okay. I, I remember our comp now. I was the only tank. <laughs> only tank? What? Yeah, so we we ran it with um it was Bastion May, Symmetra, Reinhardt, Lucio, and uh, Moira. It, it worked just because like we we practiced it a couple times in pugs, and it worked. So uh, we took it to comp, and it worked even better. So uh, you can you can try this at home. Um, there is an easy counter to it now, though. Um, just remember, if you you have to just get a counter Symmetra and put the teleporter onto the point. Um, it also gives people an out to, um, if you hear Sigma, like start pulling out his ult, um, you can all TP back to point and just leave the TP to get broken. Cool. And anything else that we, we want to say for, for this episode? Yeah. I'll, I'll just say a couple more things. Shout out to everybody who's, uh, studying for finals. Get through it. Uh, we, we don't want you to procrastinate. We want you to get good grades so you don't get grounded and your parents don't plug the Wi-Fi from you so you can play Overwatch. It's a whole vicious cycle of being sad. So study. Study first. You'll play later. Good luck with finals, everybody. I remember that time. It was not a good time. Very, very stressful. So best of luck. And all right, uh, we'll see you next week and give you some yep. more uh, that good, good Overwatch news. Yep. See ya. Next week, we explore this year's Winter Wonderland event. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Like what you hear? Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. Interested in advertising with the show? Please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.